I take the opportunity to introduce you all to the guest of honor today. One could call him a spiritual teacher rooted in Advaita Vedanta, or one could call him a most contemporary representative of all the spiritual traditions of the world. Equally, one could call him breathtakingly original and beyond any tradition. But I think the most appropriate way to know him would be through his work. His work is founded on compassion and expression itself as demolition. To demolish all that is false. He is an environmental activist, a science activist, a campaigner against superstition, a champion of essential human freedom. He is none other than Acharya Prashan, a prodigious child and academically extraordinary since childhood. His journey took him through technological and management and management education at IIT Delhi and then at IIM Ahmedabad. With the yards of the best, a few a few years he has worked in few years in diverse industries. He was doing great professionally as it expected of someone of his pedigree. But no matter how lucrative the affairs of the world are, they hold little importance when the truth beckons. Something of the beyond was craving to find expression through the young man. A mystical and spiritual urge led to the formation of Advait Life Education when he was 28. He began conducting sessions and these sessions were deeply meditative, brought the mind to a strange peace and had a miraculously curative effect upon the psyche of the listeners. Sir, we are extremely pleased to have you today amongst us. To continue with the same, sir, here at IIM Nagpur, we follow a tradition of gifting a tree, which is a living legacy. A tree is the only gift that reduces one's carbon footprint. Any other materialistic gift increases it. Sir, on behalf of you, we have planted a tree in your name in Sundarbans National Park. Certificate will be shared with you shortly. Now, we all at Omid would like to hand over the conversation to Sri Anupam. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sarj. So now we will uh, move on to the interaction. Now we can start the interaction with a question by Sakshi. So, so I'm Sakshi and I'm an MBA student at IIM Nagpur. So actually, I had uh, one friend who was suffering from depression for the past 10 years. And the other friend of mine, she was having some issues because uh, her parents were divorcing at uh, this age. I mean, uh, so she was facing quite, quite issues in her life. So all both of them were suffering from really a gra grave condition. So uh, all of their friends, we were like four to five people who used to help them a lot. Like we used to take them to psychologists, we tried counselors and everything. But the problem was that uh, we ourselves suffered so much. We were going through all the ups and downs with them, along with them too much that at some point we were totally broken down and kind of frustrated. We were that much frustrated that we backfired to them. And that backfire happened so, I mean, it happened so bad that it impacted them worse. I mean, uh, their condition even worsened at some point of time due to what we said them. So, sir, uh, what are your suggestions to improve, like to be a support? Like how can be a support, real support to someone? Like uh, this one, sir. See, we will come to the how part a bit later. First of all, let's address the what. Hmm? What is this situation? 
what is the situation the situation is uh, there are uh, two people who are having bad mental health um, and then there is a group of people who try to support them but supporting uh, a mental health patient may not always be very easy and smooth so the supporting group uh, gets frustrated and loses patience and uh, the result is that the condition of the two supported ones worsens even more and i suppose that the ones who tried to support uh, now do not know uh, how to proceed and are also experiencing a bit of guilt if i may say yes sir even i would say personally also i feel little bit guilty whenever i say uh, something bad right what is the situation please understand you see mental health is not uh, something that can be spoken of in a vacuum because as persons we do not exist in silos we do not have uh, isolated lives everybody is uh, connected to a lot of other people and whatever uh, you are in life whatever your mental patterns are whatever your thought processes and your uh, emotional um, contents are that is coming from a lot of people around you the experiences that you have had the systems you have been a part of your family system your educational system the the overall environment that includes the effect that the media has had on you also religious values cultural elements so all these go into the making of mental health which means that it really is not a personal issue it's just that you see when when you when you randomly strike a lot of people it is not necessary that all will succumb to your strike the one who is most vulnerable would would succumb it's like pulling the two ends of a chain a chain consisting of many rungs the weakest rung would break that does not mean that the tension was particular or unique to the one thing that broke down the tension was systemic the tension was systemic the two persons you are talking of are just particular instances of a much wider and general problem so first of all you have to understand that the problem is not limited to these two people the problem is limited the problem is rather uh, widely spread amongst all those these people have been interacting with these people have been influenced by which obviously also includes their support system now 
that will tell you why the support system must be obliged to help because you are not helping just these two people you are helping clean up the entire environment because without that anyway even these two cannot be helped once you realize that it becomes difficult for you to run out of patience you know you 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 feel frustrated and you want to just uh, shrug it off when you feel that it's the other person's problem it is not the other person's problem hmm? so many people were affected by covid not everybody died right but that does not mean that the ones who did not die or were not hospitalized or did not uh, need ventilators or oxygen were doing very well in fact it is quite possible think of it that a seemingly healthy person was responsible for giving the virus to someone who succumbed to it hmm? someone succumbed the virus succumbed to the virus and where did he get the virus from he got it from an apparently healthy person now this healthy person is likely to be in his close vicinity right within the family or within the friend circle that's how it often happens now this healthy person will say well you see i have done better i have done better i am not uh, suffering so deeply the disease has not affected me that much but the fact is that you are obliged to help the other person because the other person actually got the disease from you it's just that he was more vulnerable are you getting it it's not about the ones you identify as patients or clinical cases it's about everybody the malaise is deeper and more widespread than we know it to be i would uh, risk hypothesizing that the proportion of people with inadequate mental health is far far larger than what we think it is or what the surveys portrayed as hmm now what is this uh, mental disease you see please you see we are born uneasy are we not you look at the newborn is it peaceful comfortable relaxed and contented in its skin would you say the little one is at ease you observe its behavior its instincts does it look easy to you don't go by stereotypes look at the fact of how we just come into being right right you see we are born uneasy we are born uneasy the seeds of this unease 
are within us even as we are born. Hmm? The, the little one is always restless, is it not? The little one does a lot of things that are extremely stupid, does it not? Hmm? The parents always have to keep an eye, right? That's how we are. It is in our bodily constitution to not to be at ease. And one does not require a degree in medicine or uh, psychiatry to know this. If you can just observe how kids are, how grown-ups are, how we are influenced by the environment around us, you will know this. So, we are born uneasy. And then there is a lot around us that makes us even more uneasy. I am using the word ease repeatedly because of its relation to dis-ease. Dis-ease. Huh? The environment is a product of how wise we are, it is a function of how much we understand our desires, how much we understand our basic instincts. If we do not understand that, then parents will be in no position to give the right values to the kid, teachers will be in no position to bring the kid to any kind of contentment or peace and the dis-ease that you were born with would keep on snowballing. The disease quotient would keep rising exponentially and that is what is happening in our society, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our institutions, everywhere. In fact, you see, Sakshi, human beings are more mentally troubled today than they were at any point in their history. Hmm? Can you think why? The reason has to do with the basic urges of the mind. The mind wants to be at ease and to be at ease, it searches for something that would bring peace to it, a ful certain fulfillment to it, a certain closure to it. Hmm? In the last uh, two centuries, we have been flooded with things that promise us that contentment. The industrial revolution has brought so many goods, so many objects to us via the market. And those objects have to be sold. That is the economy. And if you have to sell something, you have to say this thing will bring peace to it. Peace to you, the buyer. Right? Now the buyer is already uneasy. The moment he is told, directly, indirectly, that a certain product or service will bring ease to him, he goes for it. He cannot resist much because there is something already sitting within him 
uh, that is uh, crying for the for the products and services and everything that the world can offer but the fact is nothing that the market can offer can really bring that to you which you really want hmm? so what do you get think of think of the situation i am born uneasy now somebody comes to me and the entire world is a market right even in relationships there are trade offs even in relationships there are contractual obligations and such things we know of that right so it's always a market i'm born uneasy and somebody comes to me and says you do this or you take this you go for this you sign this contract you achieve that you relocate to that place you marry this person you get that job you get that degree and you will feel a certain peace so obviously i'll go for that i go for that and what do i get in return disappointment and frustration my hopes are belied right the world fools me but because i do not know where else to go so i give it another try i go to the next shop and try the next good that is promising itself very loudly and what do i get again i get frustration and what happens to my lack of ease in the process with every such transaction it keeps rising are you with me till now do you see how the whole thing takes shape hmm? yes. i have a certain demand within my body within my mind my consciousness is crying for something and the world knows of that and hence the world is baiting me with goods services products contracts that promise to give me what i so deeply crave for and because the craving is deep it is existential we are born with it so we go for it repeatedly and with every such transaction rather failed transaction the disappointment within keeps increasing multiplying so the ease keeps going down or you could say disease keeps taking a more solid shape and then comes a point when the disease becomes observable tangible and then you say this person is a clinical case now don't we want to understand why the occurrence is so widespread of the disease that is and do we want to call only certain people as patients and suffering no i repeat it is like the virus it's just that there are some asymptotic cases we might not be displaying symptoms but we are definitely infected and you cannot get away for long sooner than later some variant will catch up with you because you are vulnerable and because there is this toxic thing going around in the environment right 
I know I have not directly answered your question. I know you wanted specific advice about how to deal with those two people and the subsequent reaction you have in your mind. But I want to challenge your paradigm. I want you to please understand that the framework within which you are asking your question might not be the best one to provide you a solution because it is not really an answer that you need. You want a solution, right? And a solution can come only on the back of a solid understanding of the problem. Do we even understand the problem? Hmm? I am not concluding, I am not alleging. I want us to inquire. Hmm? I want us to understand. To, to, to ask ourselves how come the word depression or anxiety becomes so common and so frequent in our conversations, in our lexicon, our discourses, how come it is all over the place, it is in the newspapers, in the, in the TVs, it is in the um, drawing rooms, it is over the coffee table discussions, everywhere you find these words. Everybody seems to be depressed, what's going on? Surely it's not got to do with the specific persons who are getting depressed. The problem is more generic, therefore endemic. Are we, are we together till this point? Yes. Yes. Now what do we do? You see, first of all we understand that helping or healing these few persons who might be in our vicinity is a service not only to them but to ourselves because we too are in the same boat. Hmm? Remember the word asymptotic. We are just not showing the symptoms. We are equally infected. It's in the air. How can you afford to not to be infected? It's just in the air. And there hardly are any masks. Hmm? Look at what the television is serving you, what the web is serving you, what social media and what the influencers are dishing out to you and the, the ideologies on which educational institutions are founded. Look at all these things. It's very much in the air. How will you manage to not to be infected? You will have to be superhuman and extremely lucky. Hmm? So. When you are with such people, you, you, you look at them and you ask, what is it that aggravated their condition in the first place? We want to help them. And we are civilized people, we have always been civilized. For sure, they have had helpers in the past as well. We are not living in an openly barbaric world, are we? Right? It might be barbaric, but it is not overtly barbaric. So they were helpers right since childhood. Even to be born, we need help. You know? And we have been helped a lot. And right now, when we are in the throes of this disease, we are again being helped. Shouldn't we pause and reflect? Maybe the help itself is a big contributor to the disease. We all want to do good things to our relatives, to, to our friends, to 
to our husbands, our wives, uh, to everybody in general. It feels good, no? I am a do-gooder. As teachers, we want to do good to our students. As students, we want to be nice to our batchmates. We all want to be nice, no? We all want to be nice and everybody seems to be succumbing to some invisible monster. What's going on? We were never as civilized as we are today. Look at all the markers of civilization. Look at, look at iron production, look at the lengths of roads, look at telecommunications, look at our buildings, look at our population itself. It can't be such a large number without civilization to support it. We are very civilized people and mentally we are very unhealthy. Maybe this civilization itself contains the seeds of great mental unrest. How real are we? Please ask. When you want to help someone, are you being real? Hmm? Do you really understand your own life? If you do not understand your own life, how will you understand the life of the other one? And if you want to help the other in, in, you know, in patterns, in customary packages, you find that very soon you run out of steam. You have no more patience left. Right? Do we really have the empathy to relate with the other? Or are we just acting civilized? Acting civilized as per standard templates. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. Great day, sir. <laughs> Sincerely yours. Do we even spend a real minute with someone? Is there a moment when we do not have masks on? No, COVID has only made manifest what we were always wearing, the masks. Right? And the virus is saying, you were always a masked personality. Now come on, be out in the open. Let's all know how masked we are. Where is the real thing? And let me assure you, Sakshi, just as you have opened this conversation with uh, this particular case study, this is what I seem to be um, encountering and dealing with almost on a daily basis now. Hmm? Be it my camps or be it my interactions or my courses, mental health is a big issue, right? And it's been increasing over the years and uh, I'm a I'm a personal uh, proof of that. If I look at the numbers that uh, are coming to me, the successes that we get come from what is called the heart of existence. And those are real successes. What do I call a real success? A real success is when the patient becomes disease proof. So much disease proof that now 
he is capable of helping others as well. He can move into a diseased environment and still not be affected by it. In fact, he is now so immune that he can actually challenge the environment itself and redeem the ones who were falling prey to that environment. We have had such successes. People who were on the brink of collapse are now saviors. They are helping others. What we need is heart and wisdom. And I am not talking of emotional stuff. When I say heart, I do not mean the center of emotions. When I say heart and wisdom, actually one of them is redundant. I mean wisdom itself. We need to understand what's going on within ourselves. We need to go close to wisdom literature. There have been people who have been tremendously healed by the Upanishads, for example, by being in the Bhagavad Gita sessions, not because of some miracle raining from the heavens, but because of exercise of thought that goes inwards and enables one to look at himself. We are not talking belief or superstition here. We are talking of rigorous self-observation. We are talking of having the courage to be real about our lives. That is what I mean by the Upanishads, the Bhagavad Gita, Vedanta in general. We all do read stuff. We all do get affected by a thousand things, don't we? And we let that happen. We have no resistance. We read so many things uh, through the day, don't we? You are reading this, you are reading that. If nothing else, you are reading uh, Twitter or WhatsApp messages. Are you not? So reading is something that is anyway happening. Why not read the right things? And what you read goes a long way in shaping who you are. You talk of so many things. Why not talk of the real things? You seem to be getting it now, right? Or, or am I just being wishful? No, no, sir, I'm getting it. But the thing is uh, that there is another aspect to it that uh, we often have like fear of something which has not yet happened. So that also stuck into the mind and maybe the cause for depression or anxiety in some people is is related to this factor as well that their future whatever they think is like i mean uh, they fear things they don't even take a single step to go forward and that's why they are disrupting whole environment their loved ones they don't want to say things but right. they anticipate future and they say different things i mean bad things or whatever right sakshi you must be a pgp student first year second year first year first year you have a future to take care of right Yes, sir. Right? Uh, you are through with your internship? No, sir. I no, sir. The, the internship is yet to come. Hmm? And then will come the placements. You also have to make choice uh, when it will come to the optionals in the second year. Right? And to get uh, the right courses, you need to have the right CGPA. And then there are 
uh, a host of personal issues you need to address you are standing at that particular point in life right so there is a lot on your plate isn't it how much Absolutely. of that have you thought of since the last 15 minutes no i i was stuck in the conversation that i didn't get a chance to think so so there is so much that the future hmm, holds for you there there is so much there in the future that needs to be addressed why were you not addressing it in these particular minutes maybe my mind was thinking what you were addressing i mean right so when does the mind become future centric when we are like too empty to think anything or we are too worried you see you you have just answered when the mind does not become future oriented right when there is something very engaging and very real in the present then the future does not seem to hold much value so conversely please tell me when will the future become all important when we are unreal when you are unreal right now when the present is starving has nothing to offer you hmm is extremely poor then you have no option but to turn to the future so you say right now there is anyway nothing to support me or console me or give me joy so what do i start doing i start imagining envisioning the future this is what i'll get this is what i'll do what if that does not happen oh my god and all kinds of hopes and scares raise their head so really is the future a problem no sir or is this future centricity a symptom of something else future is, is definitely not uh, future is not a problem because we do not know the future there is no problem just as right now there is no future hmm? the problem is this starved present the problem is this bare bones present nothing in it no flesh denuded it has no nutrition it has no body it has no health it has no aura it has no charm it has nothing that can make you fall in love with it it is nothing that is so overwhelming that you can surrender to it and then there is no option but to build a future mentally and how will you build a future all you will do is you will you will take the past and plaster it and modify it and take one part from here and blow it up and add somewhere else you know because even to imagine you need a database all imagination comes from there 
and that database is the past. So the future that you think of is nothing but uh, an amplification of your past. Right? There is nothing new in it. The possibility of change, the possibility of newness is there in what you are currently doing. And if you are not doing the right thing, then the future will become a scare for you. You see, our life is nothing but work. No? All the time we are acting. All the time we are busy with something or the other. Even when you say that you have nothing to do, you actually have things to do. Even when you say, I have nothing to do, I am holidaying. You are holidaying. You have something to do. Right? Are you doing the right thing? That's the question. Whatever you are doing, if that is right, then that thing itself is the best enabler and guarantee of mental health. It will keep you cheerful. It will keep you jolly. Right work will require wisdom. So it will keep you grounded. With the right work, the right relationship is of love. So you will be a loving individual. All the great things that we dream of for the future will be available to you right now. Are you doing the right things? Are you acting rightly? Where are you coming from right now? Hmm? Be it the choice of of your of your be it the choice of your words, be it the choice of your job, your courses, be it the choice of your relationships. Where are you coming from? And I'm asking you that because we hold power. Huh? The word choice itself denotes power. You can take something and you can reject something. How are you exercising your power? Power exercised rightly is health. Power misused upon oneself is disease. Disease is in one sense a product of the environment. In another sense, it is self-inflicted. Hmm? I would want to rather say it is self-inflicted. Because that gives you a certain empowerment. If I inflicted it upon myself, then I can also be the one to heal myself. Getting it? What I am saying might be a bit new. I am not sure. It might be. But, but try to just think over it. There is no need to accept it. Just be with these things. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, sir.